Hello and welcome to Mercury Now, a podcast series brought to you by Mercury Systems. I am your host, Ralph Gavarez, and today's topic, a trusted and secure ecosystem for microelectronics, as the Pentagon continues to make microelectronics modernization a number one priority in light of COVID-19. I'm excited to introduce my next guest, Mark Aslett, CEO and President of Mercury Systems. Mark, good day and welcome. Hello, Ralph, and uh, thanks for having me. Mark, as I look at Mercury Systems' background, it was originally founded as Mercury Computer Systems, but you focused the company on the defense market and changed the name. Now, can you tell our listeners how Mercury came to focus in this area? Sure, Ralph. So when I joined the company, you're right, uh, you know, the name of the business was Mercury Computer Systems. And when I took over, you know, uh, Mercury had gone through a period of, of quite significant diversification into different end markets. You know, despite that, you know, the defense business uh, inside of Mercury was always, you know, really the economic core. So what I said about uh, doing was to really refocus the business back on the, you know, the strength uh, inside of defense. But over a period of time, you know, we have transitioned our capability set from just providing high performance computing solutions for defense applications into being able to provide more complete subsystem solutions for sensor and effect and mission processing. And so, yeah, we decided to change the name from Mercury Computer Systems to simply Mercury Systems because the computer in the name really became a little, uh, you know, challenging to understand that the scope and the, and the scale of what we could provide had changed substantially over time. Now, building on that point, it's really insightful to see how you identified the need to protect the supply chain for electric parts years ago. Now, as you look at the ecosystem today, how is it now constructed? So proactive communications, you know, regular interactions with suppliers and customers to balance the risk more holistically. So while the DOD has opened the so-called Section 3610 to allow for COVID-related expenses to be billed back to the government, yeah, I'm proud to share that we've successfully navigated these turbulent times and delivered to our customers. You know, I was glad to see the Under Secretary of Defense for Acquisition and Sustainment testify to Congress that she's addressed many of the challenges with components coming from Mexico. You know, their government uh, really hadn't considered their defense supply as essential in the same way that we had in the United States. You know, and in fact, Mercury's relationships with key suppliers have become more bilaterally, uh, more strategic. That's a, that's a really valuable point related to the bilateral sharing of you know, knowledge, insight, and data. Now, as I mentioned in my opening statement, I've been reading recent materials from the Pentagon that microelectronic modernization is now their number one priority. What are your thoughts on this evolution? It's a really critical step for the DOD to take in recognizing that microelectronics and the trust of our supply chain is the number one priority for the DOD to address. You know, as we've seen with globalization over the past several decades, the majority of microelectronics are actually fabricated overseas, you know, particularly in East Asia. And while I understand the market and investment dynamics that drove this evolution, it's clear that there are substantial risks that this introduced into A&D microelectronics. 
you know, in addition, at the same time, the foundries have moved to East Asia. You know, the volume of the components used for defense systems has decreased. You know, our own CTO has stated that less than 1% of microelectronics components are actually now used in defense applications globally. So this increasing outsourcing, as well as decreasing volume required for military electronics, have really made this supply chain very, very fragile. That surprises me, to be honest. I would have expected military systems to require the most exquisite and substantial microelectronics components. Uh, wouldn't you agree? Well, you're right, Ralph. You know, on the defense requirements, being exquisite, uh, but there are substantially more cell phones as well as vehicles sold each year when compared to, you know, maybe say tanks or radars or electronic warfare systems. And, you know, these military systems require much higher performance you know, from the electronics, but the volume is far smaller than the consumer markets the high-tech companies are focused on. That's a really insightful point. Now, could you expand on how the defense microelectronics market functions? It seems like the mix, the volume, and the technical requirements would make it different than non-defense markets. Your thoughts? Yeah, thanks, Ralph. Uh, yeah, this question really does address how we position Mercury at the intersection of high-tech and defense. Yeah, I think many of you, you know, probably know that last year we invested $15 million of our own capital into an expansion of our Phoenix facility to meet this exact need. Yeah, there's an, actually a, a new way of making microelectronics that has matured over the past couple of years, and that's called chiplets. You know, these chiplets are smaller than traditional components. You know, traditionally, a single piece of silicon was packaged into a component. Chiplets allow for individual functions to be tailored into a very specific design. The chiplets are then connected inside of a packaged part with what is known as silicon interposers. You, know, you can think of these interposers as really being a routing path that connects the different optimized processes. So by blending different sets of chiplets, a few basic designs can be composed into an amazingly diverse number of applications. To use a music analogy, each symphony is made up of the same instruments, but by blending them together differently, very different music is produced by each one. But the core intellectual property, the individual instruments, are really all the same. As a musician, I appreciate the metaphor. It's often hard to understand the nuances of microelectronics. Their functioning is amazing, but an individual packed part may not look different than any other one. So can you please expand on what Mercury's doing uh, with chiplets? Yeah, I'd love to. Look, it's a really exciting time. Yeah, what we're able to do now is to take it, uh, advantage of the most advanced chiplet uh, that are available and bring them together, much as what you would do with Lego building blocks, to provide the needed capability for our customers. Yeah, we underpin the trust of the supply chain and the security of these, of these electronics capabilities to really meet our customers' needs. Now, what we found is that the suppliers of silicon are not really interested in doing designs for many defense applications. You know, the volumes are too low, the mix is too high, and the exquisite processes used for military systems don't really fit that well with their business model. Now, in comparison, if you look at Mercury, these factors all play into ultimately supporting our purpose, which is innovation that matters by and for people who matter.
You know, we've optimized our processes to support the hundreds of military platforms that are procured each year. You know, we've optimized our design tools to respond in a very agile way to meet the diverse mix of requirements of our customers. And we continue to partner you know, with the government to address supply chain challenges associated with, with our electronics. Thank you for the detailed answer, Mark. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I've also read recent statements from congressional and defense leaders about increasing investments for onshoring the United States' microelectronics capabilities. So how do you see this strategy playing out and what opportunities uh, do you plan on contributing to? So you're right, Ralph. Uh, you know, there really are several different bills being put forward in Congress that would increase the policy expectations for securing the supply chain, as well as increasing investment in companies providing these essential capabilities. Now, some of these bills are about national competitiveness. Others are about industry. And a final bill is really around the academic research to support our national competitiveness. As I touched upon, we need to invest in the entire ecosystem. The foundries are a part of the solution, but also companies like Mercury, which tailor these microelectronics to be profoundly more accessible to aerospace and defense. Lastly, we need to ensure that the prime integrators are able to fully integrate these very advanced capabilities into our future designs quickly and affordably. That's a great point about the need to invest in the full ecosystem to deliver the desired results. Uh, Mark, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for your time and your insight. It was great speaking with you, and I, I wish you safety and good health as you continue to drive Mercury System forward. Thank you. Well, Ralph, yeah, thank you for the invitation to speak with you today. Yeah, I think you asked some great questions, and it's a really important topic uh, you know, for the industry and for our nation. Thank you. This has been another edition of Mercury Now, a podcast series brought to you by Mercury Systems. I'm your host, Ralph Cabarez, signing off.